Podcast Studios. This, this is the award-winning After 9 with Scott and Kat. Powered by Tony Johal, broker at Remax Twin City. Your home sold guaranteed or he'll buy it. Today is it today. Today is Friday. Today is Friday. It is also National Bosses Day. National Boss Day. My entire staff forgot. Not too easy being the boss, is it? Because being a boss is really hard. Yes. Are you sure, boss? I love you, boss. Happy National Bosses Day. It's National Bosses Day, so we want to thank our bosses. That's what being a boss is. Ready when you are, boss. I take your position. It's showtime. And a happy motherfucking Friday, gentlemen. What's going on, everybody? Happy Friday. It's <laughs> Scott and Kat. Dave Blizzard joins us on National Bosses Day. Happy National Bosses Day. Thank you. The gift you left was fantastic. Oh, thank you. You know, we put yeah. a lot of thought into it. Yeah. And um, no, it's just really hard. You know, Scott and I were back and forth like, what do we get a guy like that who just does so much for us? It's impossible to yeah. figure it out. And so we went with that exact thing. Well, and you know what? I, I actually, I have one of these already, but this one's probably even nicer. Really? Yeah. Oh, that's For all great. those who are wondering what it is, I guess I should probably tell it. Am I, am I, are you comfortable with me telling? I don't know, Scott. Uh, um, what do you think? Yeah, it's sure. It's kind of personal. Like it was kind of between us, but it's okay. This is the podcast and we are the realest of real on this podcast. Okay, fair. Okay. Then I'll, I'll, I'll phrase it differently than I would have to. Okay. I'll say it differently. Here you go. It's a sweet bag of nothing. Mm-hmm. Nothing. My desk was empty when I came here this morning. We uh, we made that ourselves. Actually, yeah, the, it's a homemade yeah. gift. Yeah, <laughs> yep, it's a homemade it, nothing. Yes, you're darn right. We did. I'll put that in my my memory box <laughs> <laughs> with all the other uh, bosses' day cards and gifts that I've gotten over the years. Yep, uh, sounds good. Christmas though, we're gonna spoil you. Yeah, okay. Don't worry about that. (laughs) It's going to be another big bag of nothing. (laughs) No, it's a sack. It's a sack of nothing on Christmas. (laughs) It's to go along along with my big bag of nothing for my birthday a couple of weeks ago. So Uh, it's perfect. (laughs) No, we're saving it up for Christmas. We had this conversation. All right. Yeah. If you uh, really want your National Bosses Day gift, I did bring one. It's just, unfortunately, I left it down the hall in the men's room. But if you go and look, I think it's in the third stall. There you go. (laughs) It's in the tank. Oh, my God. It was a fucking upper decker. (laughs) Inappropriate. You got to find it. Surprise. That's right. Uh, All right. We've got a lot to do in this episode of After Nine. We're going to talk about Her Royal Highness Queen Elizabeth. The second, because I- I'm shocked that that fucking doctor that told her to quit drinking hasn't been beheaded yet or something. But that's coming up. First off, did you guys see the COVID numbers yesterday? Yes. I think so. Okay. So 35% of yesterday's cases were in people that were fully vaccinated. The day before, it was 34%. And I saw that and I thought, Fuck me. That seems like a really high number. That seems like a lot of people that are fully vaccinated catching COVID-19. And, and I tweeted out my thought on that. And and I used some nice soft language like uh, I'm not an expert. And, and I said things like it seems like a very high number. It is unbelievable how quickly the pro-vax movement turned. That's wrong. You suck at math. And some really nasty, nasty comments. So Ryan Imgrund, our old friend, our biostatistician buddy, he messaged me and he started walking me through that. So what we're going to do is we're going to bring in Ryan right now. Kat, can you get him on the phone? Yeah, I'll get him on the phone. You're going to you're going to bring in Ryan to sort this out. And I have a feeling that I know exactly where the misunderstanding is here. And I think I know what's going on. But we'll get Ryan to confirm once we get him on the line now. 
Hello? Ryan. Hey, how's it going? Hi, it's Ryan. Good. Hey. Scott, Kat, and Dave, we are all here, and we're glad that you are, too, because we want to talk to you about a number of things. Uh, welcome back. I think this is your fourth appearance on After 9 now. I think it is. Aww. Very good. You get a special sticker. We'll, we'll mail it to you. Amazing. <laughs> <laughs> okay, Ryan, uh, I was just explaining to Kat and Dave some of the, the responses that came to my tweet yesterday, including from you. And, and I certainly count on you as one of the people who has certainly put in the time and the effort to research the numbers and drill down on the numbers. And, and the tweet yesterday, you and I had a bit of a DM exchange. So I want to bring this on the podcast and, and hear why what I said yesterday was not accurate. Can you take just even a minute and explain what was wrong with the numbers that I put out yesterday? For sure, yeah. I think what the issue is, is that we are looking at like percentages when we should be looking at per capita rates. So really what it comes down to is that in a situation where we've got so many people vaccinated, we need to account for how many people we have vaccinated. You can use percentages if, for instance, let's say that we had half of Ontario was vaccinated, half of Ontario was not, then you could look at what percent of cases was in each population. But if you have more than 80% of Ontario vaccinated, you need to start to look at per capita case count. So really what that means is something like this. We could look at, for instance, that in the fully vaccinated population, there's about 9 or 10 cases per 100,000 people. But in the unvaccinated population, it's around 60 cases per 100,000 people. What we don't want to look at is look at like percentages and say, well, in the fully vaccinated, they make up one-third of the cases. Well, they do make up one-third of the cases, but they make up only 20% or less of the overall population. Okay, let me uh, step outside this conversation, because I'm into this, but I want to make sure that this is translating okay. Uh, Dave, I'll ask you, does that make sense the way Ryan's explaining this? It does, it- Yes, and I'm glad that he explained it the way he did because I am not a biostatistician at all. No, um, you know, and I think that that's probably the biggest disconnect is people, you know, people think that they can just look at a raw number and go, okay, that's what that is, and just identify it as is. Um, and I and I think that we get frustrated when the math turns out to be different than what it seems like on the surface. So I think probably tell me if i'm wrong here if if i'm misrepresenting what you just said ryan please correct me because i i don't want to be on the wrong side of this but w- the way it seems is the number that i put out yesterday was in fact accurate however it was not an accurate representation of what's really happening on the ground the math was good but it doesn't portray the whole picture it doesn't give enough context I- is that the way to explain it absolutely right and i think that's almost similar to, I think, what we saw our Minister of Education do sometimes. Um, or even, you know, for instance, let's say our like daily case count. Um, if we had, let's say, six people pass away from COVID-19, we would say that there was six deaths. We wouldn't say that 99.999% of Ontarians didn't die today from COVID-19. So there's situations where you want percentages. There's situations where you want numbers. And sometimes percentages, they just tell the wrong story. Interesting. Do you think that there are times where the government or, or whoever it might be are put, that we look up to for these numbers are putting out percentages where they should not be? Oh, absolutely. 
this has happened with schools all the time. Um, if we think back to before the March break, um, or sorry, um, before last April when we shut down schools again, um, you know, we were referring to how many students did not have COVID. And it was that whole 99.85% of students do not have COVID today. Well, the issue is we're not looking at the fact that at that time, 15,000 people during that school year had been diagnosed with COVID-19, which is roughly 7.5% of everyone that was inside of the school had um, a COVID-19 uh, diagnosis. And I mean, that's the way that you need to look at things. You can't take things at a snapshot in time. And I think that's another thing, too, which we do. We start to look at a daily case count and, look, all of a sudden it's Monday. Cases go down or let's say cases go up. That's a one-day snapshot. And we fail to look at trends and we fail to look at numbers that we should be looking at because we want to use the right data, but we want the data to tell a story that it's not actually telling. Mm-hmm. Um, you have been a fierce advocate not just for safer schools, but also for safer educators, the people on the front lines that need to be in those classrooms with 25 other kids, not even wearing masks at all times. And I know that you led an effort to try and and get it be allowed that teachers could wear the best masks possible. And I've been following it on your Twitter, and it seems like that kind of got shut down. And I'm really trying to understand why there's any school board official out there that wouldn't want teachers to have the most protection possible. Can you explain that to me? Is there an explanation for that? No, you know what? I don't think that there is. And it's something which I think a lot of people are trying to wrap their heads around. And it's just something that doesn't make sense. And one of the reasons it doesn't make sense is because when you listen to these board meetings, when you listen to school board responses, they're always throwing out a different excuse. And none of these different excuses hold any merit to it. And when you constantly throw up roadblocks, and you're throwing up a different roadblock every time, and you're not sticking to the same roadblock, and when that roadblock gets knocked down, you throw up a different one, it's just something that you don't want. My guess is the reason they don't want um, the educators bringing in superior PPE is because they know that eventually they're going to have to pay for it themselves. And I think it all comes down to a money thing. They don't want to have to pay for educators to get superior PPE, and they know it's a real slippery slope that if all of a sudden you allow educators to bring their own superior PPE, what we saw last night, what Toronto Catholic District School Board do, they said, well, yeah, you know what? Not only do we want educators to be able to bring their own superior PPE, we're now going to ask the government to pay for it. And I think that is what school boards didn't want, and that's what the government didn't want. They don't want to have to pay for superior protection for education workers. You know, I just don't understand that, though, when the whole goal is to keep COVID from spreading. And and it's an N95, the respirator masks, that you're advocating for educators to be able to wear. Is that right? Exactly. And it's not even the N95 that has to be fit tested. There's a lot of these masks right now called KN95, CN99. They don't have to be fit tested. They just already themselves have a superior fit to the face. There's no gaps in the side. The mask moves in and out when you're actually talking. So there's not even that whole fit test with the medical grade N95, but we have these N95 styles that have no leaks 
that fit really, really tight to an individual's face. Isn't that such a mixed message when we keep hearing you do everything you can to keep everybody safe? We are going to stop at at, at no expense to make sure that everybody, especially frontline people, are going to be protected as much as possible. Isn't that like how are we supposed to take that and then hear what you're saying that it's just they've decided, well, since we have to pay for it, we don't want to do it. Like, How are we supposed to trust all of this? (laughs) It's so frustrating. Yeah. And you know what? It even goes further than that, too. When it comes down to vaccine mandates for educators. It's something, too, um, you know, which we haven't really put out any strong words that we need, that we must have all education workers vaccinated. There's been some, you know, throwback um, about the whole mandated vaccination of education workers. So, in other words, we're saying we are allowing educators to make the choice to be vaccinated or not, but we don't want to give you the choice in wearing superior protection. So, we give you the choice. If you want to make a decision that puts you more at risk, but we're not going to give you the choice when it's something that makes you safer. I mean, it honestly just doesn't make sense. And I think it's one argument that I don't think there's a single person out there now that would feel that educators should not be able to wear superior PPE aside from school board senior administrators. They seem to be the only ones who feel that way. Yeah, and it is it is really strange here because the example that comes to mind is there are hospital workers who are losing their jobs and or being suspended without pay because they're not vaccinated. They want the maximum protection possible in our hospitals. But then in the schools, when people want to step up and be more protected, they too are getting threatened with suspended without pay. And I don't understand how both of those can stop the spread of COVID-19. I really don't. Right. We're actually seeing some school boards in the like province right now that have staff vaccination rates of only 70%. And there has been no school board that has even gone on the record as saying, if an educator does not get vaccinated, they will be terminated. No one said that. But what we saw in this last week is that there have been school boards that have gone on the record and have said, if this teacher shows up with superior protection, once again, they will be suspended without pay. So we're willing to suspend teachers who want superior protection, but we don't do a single thing when they refuse vaccination. That's a big, big problem. Um, Okay, a couple of things quickly here. Number one are they already did it. They allowed 18,000 fans into Scotiabank Arena for Leafs and Raptors games and concerts and stuff. And it looks like today uh, the news conference happens at 11 a.m. As we record, it's shortly before 10 a.m. So we don't know officially, but we're told that Doug Ford is going to remove the capacity limits on any business that requires proof of vaccination. Is it too soon? Are we opening Pandora's box or are we good to reopen now? We are good to reopen as long as we can know that when numbers start to tick up, we need to go back to capacity limits faster than we had before. That's one thing that I haven't liked with on, with the response here in Ontario. We've been slow to respond properly, whether it, it be to allow restaurants to open at full capacity faster or just simply willing to have restaurants um, stay open but move to less capacity. That's the one thing in the, the provincial response that hasn't been on point is how slow we are. We do things always four to six weeks too late once people start screaming for action to be taken. So, yes, it's absolutely the right response to allow restaurants to go back up to 100% capacity if they have a vaccine passport in like play. But if the numbers get out of control, we need to act faster to like, bring that capacity 
maybe back down to 75% if those numbers start to pick up faster. And that sounds like a complete nightmare considering, like, do you think that they're really going to pull back the attendance levels at Leafs and Raptors games uh, and concerts and things like that? Can you imagine if you had a ticket, then you're told, sorry, you can't go anymore? Like, the the response is going to be so negative. I, I think it's hard for people to think about the possibility of moving backwards with all of this because I think yeah. just the frustration level is just so high. Mm-hmm. Exactly. And I think, you know, one thing that we should note is that in a situation like that, it's all about doing a risk analysis. So I kind of went through the numbers of fully vaccinated Ontarians and looked at a stadium that's at full like, capacity of around 20,000 people. Even accounting for missed cases, you would have on average in a stadium of 20,000 people most likely between two to five people who have COVID-19. Now, that is, it's a risk, but I think it's a very, very tolerable risk for most people to enter a stadium where two to five people have COVID-19 when they are fully vaccinated and everyone else is fully vaccinated as well. I don't see how that's a number that is high enough that we need to pull back capacity limits, even on those very, very large sporting events, which can fit 20,000 people inside. Okay, last thing I want to ask you about is the border is going to reopen. We now know on November the 8th. And one of the things that the Deputy Prime Minister, Christian Freeland, said yesterday is that Canadians, when they come back to Canada, still have to produce a negative test. And I'm wondering about that, the practicality of that, because I'm thinking, for example, uh, what if I want to go down to the States for a quick shopping weekend, or I want to drive to New York and watch a show and come home, or even go to a Bills game. I would get my test probably on Thursday or Friday so that I've got the results back before I cross the border, and I would show that test at the border, and I'd be good. The problem is is that that test was done on Thursday or Friday, and I've done a lot between Thursday or Friday and when I came back to Canada. Should anybody feel reassured about keeping COVID cases out of Canada by this current testing? No, it just simply doesn't make sense. And I think there's situations like this where we have rapid testing that we could do at the border for those situations that could be done very, very easily. Even someone, you know, even when they like, cross the border, here's a self-administered test that you're going to do inside your car. You're going to quickly snap a photo of it. You'll upload it, and then you're set to go. And these are tests that we already have anyways. And you're right. It doesn't make any sense. It just goes against the spirit of doing everything. The reason that we're testing people is we want to keep COVID from returning to Canada. But to allow someone to use a test that they did in Canada to return back to Canada makes no sense because it says nothing about their status of when they went down to the U.S. And it's that whole spirit of the law. The spirit of the law is to basically keep our country safe. And by using a test from our country to determine your status when you're not in our country, it doesn't add up. Got it. Okay, Ryan, I assume you have other things to do, so we won't keep you, but <laughs> uh, we, we certainly appreciate your time. And I do want to thank you for, uh, for the exchange yesterday and for clarifying the numbers. I, I'm glad to, to get an expert's opinion on this. So thank you very much for that. And, oh, actually, one last thing. Are the vaccines working? Oh, yeah, they're absolutely working. What we're seeing now here in Ontario is we're seeing ICU utilization rates of about 1% um, in every 1 million people that are vaccinated are getting COVID and ending up in the ICU. That's a snapshot in time. But when it comes down to the unvaccinated population, it's around 1 in 60,000 people are ending up in the ICU with COVID-19. So there's a significant difference. 
the vaccine is offering superior protection and it's simply keeping people out of the ICU. And that's what the vaccine is all about. If it can help with case counts, that's great. But ultimately, we want to reserve healthcare capacity for those who need it. Well said. Thank you, Ryan. We appreciate it. And uh, we'll talk to you soon. Sounds good. Take it easy. All right. Take care, Ryan. Bye, Ryan. See ya. He's great, eh? Yeah, he is good. So I'm how going... do you feel about the tweet that you sent out yesterday now? <laughs> well, I mean, listen, it, it is what it is. I mean, yes, the math was fine. And that was one of the things that came in in the replies. Oh, I guess you're not into math. No, the math was right. What I said was right. But what Ryan said, and he's quite right as well, is that it doesn't tell you the whole picture. It could almost be a little misleading, I guess, if you hear that 35% of the daily cases right now are fully vaccinated. I, I still think that... Uh, that's a number to be a little bit concerned about. I think that's a number we should watch. But I do understand, though, that with 80 percent of the population vaccinated, it does make sense that there will be a higher percentage as more and more get vaccinated of fully vaccinated people that have COVID. Yeah. So the breakdown of the numbers is important, right? So understanding where it's coming from and understanding the importance of it. Some of that, the top line number may not tell the story. And that's kind of what Ryan broke down there, which I'm glad he did, because as somebody who still uses his fingers and toes to count, you need somebody to try to help you figure it out. We're not all experts. Mm -hmm. So right. it's nice to have that sort of explained in a, in a basic and easy way. Hasn't that been the theme of the last year and a bit? Like, we're not all experts, everybody. So. Well, yeah. And try to convince those who think they are. Yes. Well. And, and let's be honest, even Ryan said it himself, there's way too many people that are manipulating the numbers for their own purpose. Mm. And if the government seems to be public enemy number one when it comes to manipulating the numbers. He used the example of the schools, and we all remember that from the fall yeah. or the spring, sorry. 98% of Ontario students do not have COVID-19. Okay, but let's talk about how many people do. <laughs> yeah, know, and like, what? And if you don't deal with that now, I think it's it's the underplaying of the the severity of it. Right. When you when you say say it like, oh, look, like Ryan said, ninety nine point nine 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 percent of people don't have it. Sure. But that's those that's not how you do the math on this. That's not how you fight this thing. You know, it's I mean, I, I, I get what he's saying completely. And it's uh, uh, it's hard. Like you said, people trying to, you know, mess around with the not mess around, change the numbers, but but use them to their advantage yes. to, to try to tell whatever narrative they're trying to use. Uh, and it's. It's frustrating for the average person to try to figure out, well, which number is more important and right. which stat should I be basing my decisions on when there's mm -hmm. so many different ones and they all seem pr pretty official. Mm -hmm. Well, it, it's funny when people try and read <clears throat> something that isn't actually written. And, and I think that people, some of them anyway, those who don't follow, don't listen, don't pay attention, um, read that tweet yesterday and thought I was anti-vax. Uh, nothing could yeah. be further from the truth. How many times have we said in this podcast, please go get vaccinated. Yeah, there were Let's some hurry the fuck up and get on with things. Vile here. responses. Like, I mean, some people are just really quick on that, right? Without oh, really yeah. doing any of their own research too. Listen. Oh, it's true. But one thing I do want to say is, and I mean this in all seriousness, and I'm not trying to discourage anyone from getting vaccinated by any means, but I do want to stress, if you are fully vaccinated, as all three of us are, you're not invincible. And as you can see from my tweet yesterday, which I am going to delete now, by the way, but as you can see from that, there are still a lot of people who are fully vaccinated that are catching COVID. It's not a massive number on a per capita basis or as a percentage, but there is people catching it. You got to be careful. You can't just throw all caution to the wind and burn all your masks because you got your two shots and figure everything is 
uh, peachy keen. You can't be you walking down the street saying, precautions. everybody's spitting in my mouth. I, I got the vaccine. Yeah. I mean, you still got to take basic <laughs> precautions. You can't? You know? <laughs> still, ah, there goes my plans for the Friday <laughs> afternoon. Cat, not yet. <laughs> Spit in my mouth. Spit in my mouth. Hey, stranger, you look weird. <laughs> Spit in my mouth. <laughs> Uh, that used to be a question that people used to ask. If you were walking down the street, would you let a stranger spit in your mouth for a million dollars? <laughs> would you for do a it for a million dollars? Yeah. Those million dollar questions yes. are, are amazing. I would. You, you do would let just a rent. Can a I pick a stranger? Dollars? Yeah. So some, somebody, okay, let me paint the picture then. Stranger, you don't know this person at all. You don't know where they're, where they're from, what, what they're coming from, what's been in their mouth recently, any of that stuff. And he just... <laughs> And just oh. brings it back and just yeah, like a, a fucking deep one. It's yeah, like really to, clear your wait, throat. Do I have to swallow it? <laughs> well, let's let's just yes, right? yes, yes, yes. I do. <laughs> okay, that changes so, the game. A and then bit. it's like a <laughs> yeah, you know, like right. <laughs> it came right from deep in the nasal yeah, cavity. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Oh, that's fucking like gross. It, it's like the aftermath <laughs> of using a neti pot, and that's what's going into your face. Yeah. Shit. Does it change it? Well, <laughs> it's a. <laughs> A million bucks, man. Well, the question I loved, I rem- do you remember this, Scott? Years ago on the on the old show, we had a guest in who wrote a book about million dollar questions. Yes. And one question that I loved, and I've asked millions of people this question over the years, would you punch your grandmother in the face oh. for a million dollars? Oh, shit. That's terrible. Would you do it? No, Kat? I wouldn't. See, I would let a stranger spit my mouth over ever punching. Really? Yes. And Scott? Mm, uh, well, she's not with us anymore so i guess right now i probably could and she'd probably be good with it but when she was alive then no absolutely not. i don't imagine you're yeah. <laughs> digging up a grave and punching someone in the face no okay. that's not what i picture L- let's lower the threshold a little bit then cat if i offered you five hundred dollars cash to drink a pot of hot dog water you know, after you've cooked the wieners yeah. to drink the water afterwards, would you do it for 500 bucks? Um, yeah, as long as it's not still boiling, then yeah. Oh, we, hot dog water is disgusting. We did the tube steak Olympics and we had a hot dog eating contest on the morning show. And uh, I still remember it to this day. Robbie Knoxville was our guy and he lost the contest. He, and so the punishment was that he had to drink the water that the hot dogs were steamed oh. in. And he did. And he got like two like gulps in and was... <laughs> like it was projectile vomit. Projectile like, vomit. Oh yeah, Maybe you look like say no, then. somebody <laughs> should have to call Ghostbusters. Like it was, it was intense. Oh my god! And he was, and he said he felt sick for like the entire day. Yeah, I don't know if I could make it through either. Um, let's talk about <laughs> Her Majesty well, Queen Elizabeth II for a second here. Would she drink I hot dog water it. for five hundred bucks? Is the no. question? <laughs> Can I just say that I loved her even more after this story, though? Yeah, I mean, actually, you know what? This was your story this morning on our FM radio show. We're on 915 The Beat every Monday to Friday. Actually, we're on seven days a week, basically. But our morning show yeah. is on live Monday to Friday. Uh, Kat, you had this story this morning in What's Trending. Explain to everyone what the Queen has been advised. Okay, so first and foremost, the Queen, I found out with this story. Every evening, and you can picture it. Picture it, Dave. Queen Elizabeth sits down and unwinds with a martini. Okay. Most of the time it's a martini. Apparently she switches it up now and again if she's feeling, you know, you know, fun and different. So her doctor, I guess, recently advised her to stop doing that for health reasons. And just to make sure, you know, I assume just because doctors do say th- things like that. I think they have to, right? 
You drink alcohol? Try to cut that in half. No matter how much you say, they're yeah. like, try to cut that out, you know? My doctor asks me, like, how often do you drink? Uh, I don't know. I may have like a single drink, maybe on average once a month. Oh, you got to cut that down. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, Wait, right? what? <laughs> what? <laughs> Fuck you. So basically, <laughs> this doctor had the goal to tell the queen to stop. And apparently she's livid with that. Like she's not happy, but she's going to do it. But she's very unhappy because that's how she kind of de-stresses at the end of the day is, uh, first of all, who has just a martini? Is that a Sorry, thing? what is a martini? Yeah, is what, that what is even that? a thing? Is that the singular form? Is it a martini? Oh, like, what, what's a singular form of what martini? A martini? <laughs> Couldn't tell you. I've never had a martini. Is that a new flavor? Eh, it's a eh flavor. It's like a Canadian. It's an A martini. A martini. It's the A martini. <laughs> hey, everybody's here for the A martini. So I, at 95 years old, is my point of this. You're doing something that obviously, apparently she's done this for decades, by the way decades yeah she's made it to 95 incredible obviously she has good genes too but let's just push that aside good genetics are the number one reason why you'll live long if you do aside from that why fuck up a perfectly good routine that obviously has had her here for 95 years yeah that doctor can go fuck himself or herself i don't know who it is not, I don't like not it. not happy with this doctor, huh? I don't like it. No, let her be. You know what I mean? Like, if that was my grandma, okay? Let's just, it's not, it's not the queen, it's my grandma. I'd be like, no, nah, grandma, you do you. We need a second opinion. Please bring in <laughs> Dr. Jack Daniels. <laughs> and I always find it fascinating when, you know, they always ask the question when you, when someone holds a record, you know, in the area of being the oldest person alive yeah. at 98, or maybe it's 99 or 100 years old, and they ask, what's your secret? Well, we all know genetics is the answer, but okay. So is go ahead. Though? I mean, Is lifestyle it? takes plays into it, but I'd say not, I'm no biostatistician, but I'd say like 20% is really your lifestyle. Like, Get Imgren back on the phone. Yeah, yeah. Like, I, <laughs> how many drinks can we have and for how long? <laughs> but I think for the majority of, of cases, it is definitely a, a, a genetic thing. But anyway. What's your secret to life? It. I love those questions, right? Because you'll get one end of the spectrum or the other. There's yeah. people who are like, solid diet of, greens and one nut and a piece of cheese and uh you know two tablespoons of beet juice every day and mm-hmm. you're like oh fuck yeah that sounds great i'm gonna start doing that sounds horrible and then- <laughs> <laughs> if sounds- you drank beet juice every day your dentist would shoot you yeah <laughs> and then the other person over here is going fuck a glass of whiskey and a good cigar you know yeah. every other yeah. day and you're like i have three marlboros <laughs> a day and you're like Ugh. <laughs> that sounds that sounds more attainable to me i bought socks in demorier <laughs> Many years ago. That's what I mean when I say it comes down to genetics. Because how can you have one person over here saying this and one person over here saying that, and they both made it to that age? Give me a fucking break. Yeah, not everybody can do the pack of marbles a day and and survive. And you can't just listen to that and go, well, and I'm not a smoker, for example. I'm not going to listen to that and be like, well, fuck that. I'm going to start smoking a pack a day then if you've smoked a pack. No, it's because. Somebody get me some X4 A's. It worked for them and their body. I don't have that same body or genetic code. Yeah. It's not going to work for me. So when you tell a 95-year-old who just wants a fucking glass of martini at the end of her stressful as fuck day, by yeah. the way, based on what's been in the headlines for the last several many years, give her the damn martini. Yeah. Listen, we're not all the same. And while there are some common denominators in many different things that will kill you, i.e. if uh, there are certain things that we all know can trigger cancer but we're all different and listen if the queen made it to 95 drinking a martini every day why would you fuck with that 
Listen, you can do the most unhealthy thing. But if you live to 95 or 100 and it's working for you, then I don't know why you would stop doing it. Your daily routine could include a line of Coke and a carton of cigarettes and all the other shit that's bad for you. But if you live to 100, it's kind of working, isn't it? Is there something to be said about changing the routine and making it worse because your body is just so used to the same thing all the time? Like now taking the martinis away, what if that would have screw up the biological day for her and it just throws everything for that's, a loop? That's exactly. And I don't know if there's any truth to that. I, I, yeah, I, I mean, neither. So. I'm just asking. It's like the theory, though, of. If you don't know it's there, will it affect you? And there are some people who, for example, will refuse to go to a doctor period even though they know something might be wrong because they think when they hear you have stage four cancer, just as an example, that's when they deteriorate. That moment on, they start to realize things they never realized before or see things or hear things or or their body feels things, and they do believe it is mostly mental. So those types of people, I I get it. I'm not saying I would be that person. I'm not sure, but... If the routine is working, like I said, just keep fucking going. And maybe the doctor found something or didn't find something. We don't really know her personal medical history. We won't find out. But regardless of that, if I was the queen, I'm sticking to my routine if it makes me happy. Screw you. You live to 95, then tell me what to do. (laughs) Who's that doctor, too? Do they go in like with a lot of confidence saying, all right, Your Majesty, you you need to uh, remove the martinis from your daily routine? Or is this person like, "Um, I I have a a suggestion, (laughs) but but I'm not really sure if uh, I should. Oh, my God, should I say it? She's my patient. I need to um, stop drinking. I'm sorry. Like, are they worried about telling her that? I would be. Yeah. Yeah. Who tells the queen what to do? Oh, for this head. (laughs) Exactly. You're the fucking beheaded. (laughs) And she has the authority to do it. Yes. So go look at your Craigslist and look for uh, Buckingham Palace looking for a new <laughs> in-house doctor. <laughs> You'll know why. First of One all, that likes to party. Yeah, right? My life partner died earlier this year. I'm going through hell with my grandson and his new wife. Fuck you! Yeah, yeah, I'm going to yeah. have a martini. You, someone should introduce her to Snoop. Yes. Get oh, her maybe weed. she should switch to weed. The How rel- do we know she doesn't? How do we know she doesn't? Well, we don't weed? know that. Yeah, she maybe she does. She could be a hardcore vapor. She might be an, into edibles. She could. She probably has a royal vape and and pops a gummy every Hit me night. An infused chocolate bar. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Could you imagine the queen with a little CBD in her life? <laughs> I picture her again. She's on a throne because yeah. of course she is, and she's sitting there. And instead of the martini, somebody has a big pillow, and there's just one piece of chocolate on the pillow. Yeah. Here you are, madam. Oh, thank you, dear. About <laughs> 45 minutes later, does anybody know if KFC is still open? <laughs> Bring me the kernel at yeah. once. I need biscuits and gravy <laughs> and plenty of them. All of a sudden, they roll in a mandarin. And she's just like, I just need the food. <laughs> just a big fucking, just a, a bunch of like limos and tinted windows roll up and she gets it. Queen gets out. One limo's heels. got the chicken. <laughs> for order like thank you <laughs> gets back in the car <laughs> tips the driver everything oh, it's amazing oh, i would love that to be the case shit, i love it let's go down to florida here a 43 year old man guys has been arrested this is a love story though oh. let me explain he's 43 years old his name is matthew and he was arrested because he was breaking the law he was trying to break into someone's truck in a Walmart plaza in Vero Beach. This happened on Tuesday. So the cops are like, dude, 
what the fuck? What are you doing trying to break into somebody's car? Now we got to arrest you. And he explained exactly why he was doing it. And this is the, the love story that I think everyone will appreciate. He was doing it because he needed money to see his girlfriend. He missed her a lot. Aww. Now, here's the thing. His girlfriend, whose name is Emma, by the way, isn't real. Oh. He only sees Emma when he's high on meth. So he was breaking into the truck to steal something that he could then sell to get the money to buy more meth so he could get back into whatever dream fucking land he lives in and see his imaginary girlfriend, Emma. For one second, we all forgot that the story started with, let's go down to Florida. That's true. Yeah. <laughs> Is this the governor of Florida? Like it's <laughs> Yes, his name is Ron DeSantis. Oh, fair. Is, uh... <laughs> oh man. What does he do with his girlfriend on meth though? I've got questions. In- invisible girlfriend, of course. What do you do with an invisible with an invisible partner? He just he wakes up and he's got a lot of scratches and then realizes that dumpster raccoon <laughs> was not <laughs> oh, impressed. No. So something was there, but it wasn't the girlfriend. Yeah, and then raccoon's like, What are you doing? Yeah. Get away from it's me. It's like, wait a minute, she's not real? Who was I fucking then? <laughs> <laughs> What was I fucking? Oh, that's guys, awful. It, it is. <laughs> Don't do meth. The doctor would also recommend that's you get right. off the meth. The beheaded doctor is yes. also recommending no meth. <laughs> but if he lives to 95, they shouldn't tell him to well, stop with the meth. Encourage him to do the meth. You know what, Scott? Point, point taken. It's so true. It's that time of year again, guys. It is officially cuffing season. Cuffing season, for those who don't know, is right around this time when you go out and find yourself someone to to make it through the holidays uh, with you. Yes, a partner that's really temporary, kind of for show, kind of for convenience. It's a relationship, but it's not really a relationship because you know it's not going anywhere. You'll probably break up with them in January or before Valentine's Day anyway. Cuffing season. So, Yahoo has put out. Four rules for cuffing season. They say, number one, figure out what you want. Be honest with yourself about what you want and whether a temporary relationship will be fulfilling. They say, if you want something long-term, cuffing season isn't for you. It's a dangerous hill to go down, isn't it? I mean, you get into this relationship and, ah, look at that. I got some arm candy to take to my office Christmas party and to get my annoying relatives off my back at Christmas time. And then they're gone. But what if you do fall for them? What if you do want something more? That's where the next three rules come in. They say consider how deep you're willing to get. Since there is an expiration date on your relationship, check in with yourself and with the other person about how things are going to work. Will you bring them to meet your friends? What about your family? They say there's no right or wrong answer, but you should both be on the same page. So are you suggesting possibly a contract? Like with a term on it to say like, okay, so this this is going to run until January 15th. And then, you know, we'll, we'll talk about renewal at that point. Um, (laughs) That way you've got somebody lined up for the holidays. You got somebody who's going to join you for family dinner. So your family stops asking why you're single uh, and things like that. Is that what we're talking about? I don't know that we necessarily need to bring the long arm of, of the law into this, Dave, but I would think (laughs) that you should have some sort of an agreement with the other person. Like, Hey, You can't just assume that because you hooked up in October and you're keeping things fairly casual that everybody understands that this is just getting cuffed up for a few months to get you through the holidays. Nobody wants to be lonely, especially over the holidays, so people do this. 
I think that both people need to be on the same page in that it's temporary. I don't know that you need a date on it, but you need to say, listen, this is just fun, cash, maybe won't go anywhere. If you want to see somebody else after we're done, fine, but we're going to be in this relationship together, just you and I, like a play, if you will, for the next few months. Mm -hmm. And if they're agreeable to that, sure. The third rule is don't let the pressure get to you. They say it's a bad idea to cuff up with someone just because you're lonely or because you don't want to deal with nosy family members bugging you about why you're single at Christmas. So don't take the pressure. And they say check in with the other person occasionally, even if you're both totally upfront about wanting a short-term thing going in. At some point, the line between casual fling and taking it to another level may blur. So check in with them once in a while just to make sure they still don't really give a shit i guess that pressure is something you don't want <laughs> right you're you're sitting at uh christmas dinner and and mom looks over and when are you gonna give me a grandbaby and you're like oh i don't even really like this person what are you asking me that for? haven't you seen that before though okay so i have a cousin i'm gonna throw it out there i think he's still single great guy tyler the best um so people bug the shit out of him every year at christmas and I'm sure he was so glad that we didn't actually have a Christmas face-to-face, even though he was still asked over our Zoom Christmas that we had last year. And I look at him being, and I'm, I'm guilty of it too, because I've been one of the ones to be like, can I set you up with my friend? Like, you know, like he's brilliant. He's got his own company, like all these things. But he, I watch him get bugged by my cousin specifically. But also, yeah, you know, a great, like an aunt or an uncle chime in every now and again, like, hey, uh, nobody here with you this year's Christmas. I don't blame people for doing stuff like that just to avoid those questions and pretty much get bugged about, well, we should hook you up with this person or why don't you? Why? Why? Like constantly asking. Yeah. Like, do you want to not want kids? Because you got to have them soon if you want it. You know, you got to. People do say it. People do ask the questions. So I don't. That's so inappropriate. So inappropriate, but it happens. Right. And even if they don't mean it that way, even if they're just making jokes like, oh, fucking single again. eh? (laughs) Ha ha ha, buddy. It's funny. People will probably take that to heart. You like it's hard to joke about that kind of thing. So I would probably be the type of person to do that. I'd be like, you know what, fuck this. My grandmother still does it to me. Like, <laughs> still still you're does married it. Now. Yeah, yeah. She's like, so um, you're not getting any younger. Yeah. You know, if you're gonna have kids, you're gonna have. I'm like, you already have a great granddaughter. What the hell are you asking me for? Yeah, and you know, it never ends. Too for those who are maybe listening and maybe you're engaged and you're about to start that commitment, it doesn't end. No, there's another question to follow. Always another question. You know, I... uh, When are you getting divorced? (laughs) (laughs) I haven't had that one yet. But it is. It's every single thing, right? Like, oh, I started dating someone long-term. Great. When are you getting engaged? Oh, you got engaged. So when is the wedding? Okay, now the wedding is happening. Where's the babies? You have one baby. You're going to have another baby. Have another baby. You're going to have another... No. Fuck the kids off. are getting too old. You know, they got to stick to be the same age group. Fuck off, Auntie Karen. You know what I mean? Sit down. But what are your kids happen? getting married? Yeah. In <laughs> <laughs> like 18 years? I don't know. What, what kind of a question is what that? What college are they going to go to? That's important, you know. Are you saving money yeah. now? <laughs> people are so, and they think they're being helpful. That's what, Those kinds of people really do think that they're imparting wisdom on you. That's the worst part. It's like, you know, I'm going to help them out. No. No, you're not. I told her. <laughs> she should be having babies. <laughs> or else that uterus is going to dry up. <laughs> <laughs> she's gonna be barren like yeah they think they're being helpful and then they you bring know, it up as gossip elsewhere my friend cindy's kid joanne had the hardest time getting pregnant she had to use 
IVF. And you they say know, like it's a bad it, word. Like, too. I know. Like, oh, yeah. like, fuck off, man. God, shut up. What kind of toys are you using? <laughs> uh, get out of here. <laughs> it's the worst. So get a get a temp for the holidays. Just prepare them for what's to come. Totally. Yeah. We're all guilty of it, though. Even if it's not on that kind of level, I still bug Scott. Hey, I can't. You're going to get engaged here. You know what I mean? Or maybe I. Well, I don't really do it often, but I'm sure you guys get it. Scott, you probably get bugged. Oh, when are you going to get married to your girlfriend? Dave, when are you going to have a kid now? You know, you've been married a, a year now. You know, it's time. I get, yeah, oh. I get that. And then I get the, um, I get the, the constant, rem- well, like I said, my grandmother gives me the constant reminder of my age. I'm like, I'm aging and so are you. So stop it. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Let's talk about you. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> when are you having a kid, huh, 86-year-old? <laughs> when are you going to break your hip, old person? Yeah. Huh? <laughs> Let's talk about that. When are you going in the yeah. home? Yeah. Time's ticking. You're going to go in a home soon. And if it's not about <laughs> if it's not about relationships, you'll get questions about health too. It's like you know, diabetes runs in our family. <laughs> <laughs> You're like, okay. yeah, why do they find the need like the need to do that? Like, why? Like, be careful with that because this. I'm like, okay, I wasn't thinking about that, but now I'm thinking yeah. about that. You know, Thanks. there's a lot of heart disease in our family. <laughs> be careful. <laughs> All right, guys, it's Friday. Let's get the fuck out of here. Have a great weekend, everybody. And thank you for listening to this episode of After 9. We will have a brand new one next week. And actually, this is a good opportunity to mention that next week, for the first time I think we've ever done this, Kat, we have a promotion for the podcast. Oh, I'm so excited. And this involves you. How much can we say? This involves you guys? As of now, you can say all of it if you want. Really? (gasps) Yep. Oh, do you want to do this now then, Kat? Okay, let's do it because Dave's here. This will be fun. Well, it's Dave's idea. Do you want to do it, Dave? Yeah, Dave, why don't you do it? Why don't you explain what's going on in I think this nine? is because you guys don't know the details. <laughs> I um. didn't read the full email. <laughs> I know there was a meeting. No, I wasn't paying attention. <laughs> That's correct. Yeah, for some reason, the cameras are off. Everyone's on mute. I don't know what's going on. I don't know who I'm talking to anymore. <laughs> I, I throw in questions in there. So there will be something for somebody to ask about and nothing, nothing. <laughs> God, I'm sick of Zoom you meetings. You do a great job. It's National Boss Day. Don't forget. Yeah, you thanks. do a great job, Dave. Here is what's going to happen. So the After 9 podcast is approaching 1 million downloads, which is amazing. That's really, really awesome. Right. And that is a cause for celebration. So what we've done is we have some cash to give away. $1,000 to somebody who helps us get to 1 million downloads. So next week, we're going to start this on Monday with Monday's podcast. You guys will give out a podcast password. It'll be somewhere in the podcast. You'll say, hey, this is the word for today. When you get it, you're going to text that word to 519-571-BEAT, which is the phone number here for the radio station. So text that number with the word. That's, your, that's an entry into the, the draw. You can do that every day for however long it takes us to get up to the 1 million downloads. So if it takes three weeks, then you'll have three weeks worth of words. If it takes a month and a half, it'll take a month and a half worth of words every single day. Every new episode of the podcast will have a new word in it, and that's your chance to get a new entry into it. And when we hit the million, we're going to randomly select somebody and just hook them up with $1,000 cash. Just like that. And we might call you, by the way, if you're the winner. I, I think we will call you. I think that's a, good, that's a good bet. You just show up and there's a bag of money in your, your, your mailbox. Yeah. Yeah. So now, that's, that's how we're going to celebrate 1 million downloads of the After 9 podcast. I think that's awesome. Can, can we use any word we want starting Monday? 
Let's create a list. <laughs> These are the safe words. Yeah. Wow, there you go. You're after nine safe word. You're after yeah. nine safe word. <laughs> yeah, because if you pick a, any particular words that you probably want to pick, I would imagine that the, the text... You know, we go look at the texts that come in, and all of a sudden, there's just you know a line of thousands of text messages full of profanity. I'm like schlong, oh. who's texting? Who keeps texting schlong? What's schlong? Why what is happened? schlong? There's a thousand schlongs in this inbox. <laughs> oh yes, there is. There sure is. Yes. Are they looking for pussy, or are they calling me a yeah, pussy? What? I don't understand. Yeah, what is this? Yeah, are they mad at something we said? Yeah. So anyway, that's going to start Monday. So Monday's podcast will be the first one with a word, and every day. Until we get to the million, you'll have a chance to to add your your next or that day's entry will go into the draw for you. So you could have you could have as many as, as you enter. So okay. do it up. And it's to thank you guys and thank you so much for listening. And if you made it all the way to the end of the podcast, we especially thank you, people. Uh, listen, I, I I apologize because I know we were wrapping it up, but there's just one more thing that I have to do here because I'm dying to hear it, and it's been years since I have. I'm going to tell a quick story, and then Dave, I want your instant reaction. You ready? Mm -hmm. A spokesperson for former U.S. President Bill Clinton says the former U.S. president is on the mend after being admitted to hospital with a, and I quote, non-COVID infection. (laughs) What'd you catch, Bill? (laughs) I think we just used the same glass. (laughs) Somebody get me a nurse. Get me two. (laughs) He's probably begging to stay in that hospital. They've got hot nurses and no Hillary. Yeah. You know what? I'm going to stick around here a little bit longer. I like these lentils. <laughs> <laughs> they give me all the apple juice I want. Hillary, it's crazy. They won't allow you in. All other visitors except for you. Yeah. And they, they say that I'm going to be here for an indefinite amount of time. <laughs> could, could, be, could be seven months. Could be seven years. At this point, we don't know. Oops, Bill, my gown's on. Catch? My gown's on backwards. Whoops! <laughs> oh, that, that's totally a. Oh, it's totally a Bill Clinton, isn't it? <laughs> What'd you catch and how'd you catch it, Bill? No. What's going on? What's going on? No. Have a good one, everybody. Uh, oh, actually, I can do an update because they did provide one this morning from the hospital. He had uh, sepsis. It was an infection oh. in his blood. Have a great weekend, everyone. End it on sepsis. There's your word for Monday. (laughs) Spell it correctly and use it in a sentence. (laughs) Have a fantastic weekend, everybody. We'll see you right back here on Monday. The National Institutes of Health just announced that people who got the Johnson & Johnson vaccine are better off getting a booster from Pfizer or Moderna. Now those people have to decide, do I tell Johnson & Johnson I'm seeing other vaccines or do I just ghost them completely? The deadline for federal employees to get the vaccine is coming up and the TSA just announced 40% of its employees are still unvaccinated. If they get fired, they're going to be at an employment agency like, is there another job where I can run my hands down people's legs? The NHL announced 99% of its players have received the coronavirus vaccine. I guess they figure the side effects of the shot can't be worse than the side effects of hockey. Nokia just announced that they're celebrating the 20th anniversary of their classic brick phone by releasing a new version. I miss the old Nokias. When you dropped those phones, the screen didn't shatter. The sidewalk did. The After 9 Podcast is powered by Tony Johal, broker at REMAX Twin City. Your home sold, guaranteed, or he'll buy it.
Hi, it's Shauna, and I might be a bad parent because my kids think french fries are vegetables. Hey, it's Ryan, and I might be a bad parent because I went out for wings when my wife was in the hospital after giving birth. Johnny here. I might be a bad parent because in my house, the tooth fairy gives pocket change. But we're not alone. Len emailed us and said his six-year-old daughter's Tarzan moment going from love seat to lazy boy by curtains made him more proud than any dance <laughs> recital. And Andy left his two-year-old at the rink. All right, guys, I'm sure we're not alone, like Andy's kid. For stories and confessions like this, make sure you check out our podcast. It's called Bad Parents, and it's available wherever you get your podcasts. I left a glove at the rink.